Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, where I, Megan, sit down with a couple of other amazing ladies to dig up the dirt on the undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. But this episode, I'm resurrecting Pepperina and Casey, so we can sink our teeth into this episode called Mummies, Rap Artists Spitting Mad Curses. This episode on the It's a Mimic channel is bursting at the seams with lore and special mechanical details about some of the most famous undead out there, mummies. So don't disturb the sarcophagus as we summon forth details, opinions, and inspirations about these undead horrors. But before we rip into the meat of this episode, let me ask you ladies a question. So D&D focused specifically, mm. what would scare you more in real life? A horde of zombies or a horde of mummies, and why? Are we talking base zombies? Yeah, I guess yeah. like base zombies, base mummies. We got into some yeah. real messed up zombies. We did, we I did, know. we did. So I'm, I'm thinking base zombie and base mummy. But then it also uh-huh. comes down to are we talking base mummy that sorry, base zombie that can run or base zombie that's slow? Like, because I feel like again, those are two very different things. But like, can like mummies also though are there fast ones and slow ones? I feel like we don't have a lot of mummy experience in life to make that determination. Yeah. <laughs> Based on what you know right now. Based on what I know uh okay i would say i'm still afraid of zombies i think so because zombies can turn other zombies and uh, that's kind of the undead like nature of zombies like mm-hmm. well no sorry because if it's fifth if it's dnd specific base zombies can't turn other zombies right true yeah so i'm thinking way too far into like regular zombieism it's not actual dnd zombies so honestly i would like to not have to be chased by a horde of both of them together um <laughs> not combine them yeah let's not combine them in the same situation yeah. but i no, i'd still say zombies they're gross they're squelching yeah mm-hmm. i think zombies also because they eat you and i don't want to be eaten that's fair yeah yeah that's fair so like when a mummy is attacking you do you think they're just trying to wrap you up in their mm-hmm. like their tethers like i don't you know what i mean like what is their actual legitimate motivation <laughs> not to eat you we'll get into that shortly <laughs> <laughs> I've got that answer. <laughs> you have that answer. Well, before yes. before we do that, Casey, Casey, what are you, what are you though? Would you yeah. rather? Are you more afraid of zombies or are you more afraid of mummies? Uh, I think I will actually go mummies on this one because I know mummies can also do a lot of things if they touch you, and if it's not <laughs> eating, it's probably worse. Yeah, <laughs> they can do a lot of stuff if they touch you. They can. Yeah. They have the bad <laughs> touch. <laughs> They do. They do. All it's right. really either being touched or being bitten is our option. It's, really, it's, really, it's either really a hands or a mouth situation. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. And normally they're great, but in these two scenarios, no. They're not. No. They're not. <laughs> Together or separate. good options right now, not so much. All right. So getting into the base mummy, which you can find in the monster manual. Uh, Mummies are typically found in a temple or tomb of sorts where they lay resting until something wakes them. An excellent quote from the book that really explains their motives is, having been awakened from from its rest, it punishes transgressors with the power of its unholy curse. And let me tell you, I can relate. If you wake me up before I'm ready to be woken up, watch out. (laughs) If I could curse you for waking me up, I would. (laughs) A hundred percent. I get it. I feel like I identify with mummies. I get it. Um, We have seven different traits for mummies, starting with preserved wrath, which talks about the rituals that have to take place to create a mummy. 
It does state that these rituals help prevent the body from rot, which is interesting because all the pictures, they look rather rotted. But basically, they're preserved in a similar way to our understanding of real-world mummies. They're embalmed, their organs removed, and placed in jars. There's special oils that preserve their skin, and they are wrapped in linen bandages. I do especially love that at the bottom of the page, there's artwork of just rolled bandages. Like, it's like, it's like what, do you know what direction know. the toilet paper goes? Yeah, I feel like that's like, what it's giving you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't made a mini yet of just a rolled mummy bandage mummy bandages. and make it a mimic yeah as well. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> oh. um then we get into the will of dark gods just embalming a body and wrapping it up isn't enough to create a mummy the ritual has to be performed by a priest of an evil deity that possesses necromatic magic the linens are inscribed with magic, and the inscriptions are very unique to each mummy. These are what specify its orders from its dark master, giving it its reason for rising from its slumber. This could be to stop intruders from a tomb, to protect a loved one, to protect a treasure, really whatever the priest wants the trigger to be. Then we have the punished. So once you die, you don't really have a choice if you're going to become a mummy or not. Uh, some are created from powerful and wealthy individuals as a punishment for something they did in life. Perhaps they fancied the wrong lady, killed the wrong person, or took over the wrong city. If you piss off a powerful enough priest, you can get mummified. Some are created, however, from servants that are killed specifically to serve a greater purpose. I'm just imagining, like, just, yeah, just imagining the whole process of, like, you have some kind of evil wizard in your group and you're just like okay well we can't piss him off because we I will can't. get cursed and I will become a mummy <laughs> don't piss off Carl <laughs> don't piss him off <laughs> you have creature ritual a mummy will obey whatever has been written into its ritual should someone try and interrupt those orders it will likely not end well for them the overwhelming fear of coming in contact with the mummy can leave you paralyzed. And if you are unlucky enough to have been touched by a mummy, your body will start to rot from the inside out until only dust remains. That, that's See? the bad touch. That's the bad touch. That's the bad, bad touch touching. we were talking about. That is non-consensual touching <laughs> yep. going on right there. Rotting from the inside out from non-consensual touch. Yeah. <laughs> Talk that. Ugh. Uh, it does, however, tell us how to end a mummy's curse. Uh, in a rare case, magic can be used to end the mummy's curse, allowing it to go from undeath to death. But a perhaps easier route would be to undo whatever you did to wake it. If you stole from its treasure, put it back. If what you did was more permanent, like killing a loved one or letting out a secret they were protecting, then this is not so easily done, and the mummy will likely not rest until it has seen justice of sorts, like hunting down everyone involved and possibly even their loved ones. This next one is probably my favorite, like, flavor-wise of mm -hmm. their features. Um, undead archives. Though they aren't very chatty, mummies can actually talk. Because of this, they are sometimes used to keep well-guarded secrets for their creators. They may hold on to these secrets for generations beyond the creator's death, only revealing them to the descendants of their masters. And then last, we have undead nature, which we've seen a million times now. Um, doesn't need food, air, water, or sleep to survive. So those are our features, and now we can get into these stats. 
They are medium undead, but I suppose that could change based on the humanoid that is mummified. Um, I, of course, love the idea of a little gnome mummy running around. <laughs> you would. You absolutely would. would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Dan would love it too. <laughs> you are correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> they are considered lawful evil, which makes sense because they're created to follow orders. Their AC is an 11, which tracks because they only have bandages on. Um, their average HP is 58, and their walking speed is 20. Their CR is a 3, and their stats are really varied. Um, intelligence being the lowest with a negative 2, followed by dex with a negative 1. Wisdom is average, so a 0 modifier. Charisma gets a plus one and con with a plus two and strength is the highest with a plus three. So really we go from negative two to plus three. Like you get one of each of the modifiers. They do have, oh, sorry. (laughs) For saving throws, they get a plus two to wisdom. Um, And then they do have a damage vulnerability of fire, but have damage resistance for most physical damage not done with a magic weapon. And damage immunity to necrotic and poison. They're also immune to several conditions such as charm, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, and poison. So overall, they will be rather tough to hurt unless you have fire. They have dark vision of 60 feet and know any language that they knew in life. Looking into their actions, they get a multi-attack and can use one of each of their two attacks per round. First up is the rotting fist, which is a melee attack with a plus five to hit. On a hit, it does 2d6 plus three bludgeoning plus 3d6 necrotic. I found it interesting. It does say if the target is a creature, it must make a constitution save or be cursed with the mummy rot. We don't often think about monsters targeting things that aren't creatures. Like, I think that's the first time I've seen that. It has, like, if it's targeting a creature, then that creature has to make a con save. Yeah. It's like any, anything it touches will be. If yeah. They won't, yeah. Like, I don't know if they're targeting a table or something that's not a creature. Could you, like, it's just like, I'm going to mummify this table. It can't do anything because yeah. this table is not sentient, but it is cursed. It is cursed. <laughs> those linens on that table, don't trust those. Those are mummy wraps. Cursed. Um... <laughs> If you fail, you can't regain hit points, and your max hit points decrease by 3d6 every 24 hours. If your max hit points gets reduced to zero, you die and your body turns to dust. So, permadeath. It's rough. That is rough. This lasts until using remove curse or another type of magic to remove it. And if that wasn't enough, we also have dreadful glare. This is a range of 60 feet targeting one creature. If the target sees the mummy, it must make a wisdom save or become frightened until the end of the mummy's next turn. If the save is failed by five or more, the target is also paralyzed for the same duration. If you succeed on this save, you are immune to the dreadful glare of all mummies, except for mummy lords, for 24 hours. I like this one because it's one of the first ones where, like, there's the crit fail, but then there's also another scale to it. So if you don't crit fail, but you still roll like shit, it's going to be worse for you, which I think is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I just like the, the visual, the fact that, like, it's got mummy wrath, but there's, like, one eye just, like, staring out. And, like, that's what's it's giving, it's giving you the, the one-eyed glare, you know? The stink eye. Yeah. <laughs> but for some it's, reason, that's frightening and not funny. Right? 
it's got the mom glare you know oh yeah just shoots that one like what are you doing like it's like oh god you better put that down right now <laughs> if you make me count to three i swear to the gods <laughs> if you make me yell in public <laughs> if you make me yell in public <laughs> I will that's never know what it's like favorite. to be a mom, but that's my favorite. That's like the biggest threat I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. You make me yell in public. <laughs> I'm going to use that in D&D from now on. Every time if, Dan, if Dan's character starts pissing my character off again, I'm just going to look him dead in the eye and be like, if you make me yell in public. <laughs> I have to use my mom voice around these people. I it's s- going to be bad. I swear to Tiamat, if you... <laughs> Oh, All right, sweet. so that's what we've got for our base mummies. Amazing. I love that so much. Like, yeah. and to, to be fair, like, you're right. Now that I know more about them, I probably would not want to be chased by a horde of mummies. I will say yeah. that. Like, <laughs> they could, I mean, glare at you from across the room. So they could glare at you from across the room. And if they get to you and they touch you, it sucks. Like, yeah. whereas yeah. at well, least the, their glare could paralyze you and then they could just come touch you. Yeah, close that distance and, like, mm-hmm. okay. Well, before, like, Okay, before we start getting too much into it, let's raise our dice uh, and do some discussion questions here. I don't have a dice. I was not prepared for today. I have them today. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it like every episode, one of us has to not have a dice? Yeah, oh God. Okay, all right. Uh, I rolled nine. What do you guys get? 19. 19. Casey, what do you get? 18. I rolled nine still. Still. Come on. I blame my coffee. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so fun quest ideas. What are we thinking for mummies? Peps, you're first. Okay, so like I said, I really like the like that they guard secrets and that they can talk and they just like don't very often, but they have these secrets. Um, I would because because I'm chaos. Um, I would have like the creator be a little grandma and like the secret be like her special pie recipe and like that's what it's guarding. <laughs> And it will only pass it down to, like, her descendants. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But, like, you know, maybe you have a, a pie-making contest in a town you have to go to, and you really need a good recipe, and you got to try to get it from this mummy. Oh, my God. You know, I love that you went the humorous direction with that. Uh-huh. Like, because there's so many dark and twisty things you can do mm-hmm. with that concept. So the fact that you just went, I'm gonna, I just want mom's mom's pie recipe and mom yeah. happened to be a necromancer therefore this mummy yeah. that she created thousands of years ago might actually know what it was <laughs> and you have to like somehow convince it that you're one of the descendants and that it can tell you like like I, how do you reason with it that like how does it know that you're a descendant from seven generations ago yeah not only that but like it probably only knows the language that it originally knew so like if your descended grandparent was like from a different plane and had a different language you would not be able to speak it you know what yeah. i mean so you'd be like you learn how to say i want the pie recipe in that language and that's all you know that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you have it written down on a piece of paper just in case <laughs> spelled out phonetically <laughs> And you say it wrong and it gives you something completely different. It gives you like a recipe, like it gives you a recipe, but you're like, what uh-huh. the fuck is this for? Because it's probably also written in the language you don't understand. <laughs> so now you have to spend another quest line to figure out how to translate this fucking recipe. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm going to bank like that. that. I'm going to bank <laughs> that idea like for not... a Christmas episode. Yeah. I did not see that one coming, Peps, and I love it. <laughs> 
I I like the I I love this piece as well. I think it could be a really cool way to also do a big reveal within your party. Like maybe one of your player characters doesn't know that they're a descendant of this, that, and the other, and then suddenly they are in a a tomb and they've awakened some mummies and everything and then suddenly one of them just starts talking to them because they are the one that they need to tell something to and so it it creates that surprise shock reveal piece that a dm might be looking for in in their campaign Mm-hmm. from an unexpected source or just like if your players are not getting a thing and you have to give them like you have to give them something <laughs> yeah <laughs> like they're just it's not connecting you know because that happens to all of us where we have a question it's just not connecting you're like all right this fucking mommy's gonna tell somebody <laughs> i'm just gonna straight <laughs> just up tell this person. Out. <laughs> oh my god that's happening in my elf of our campaign yeah. we're doing mid-game content and i'm just like mid-game content roll a dice roll high here's the fucking information you need <laughs> <laughs> you just need to tell them you're just tired of all this the like the puzzles and shit just like (laughs) get your shit together i as the dm would like to move on from this conversation to use the information you require yeah and then you still decide to go down a different route whatever (laughs) every time oh my god i love that we all leaned into the fact that these mummies hold ancient secrets right? Mm -hmm. Because like, I definitely would love to play in a campaign where not only, of course, the easy trope would be you are in search of a mummy that withholds information that you are aware it holds. But I do like the idea of like you going into like a situation where you're fighting a mummy horde. And that's the beginning of your quest is you uh, come across a mummy who gives you a piece of information or a prophecy, or this is your quest giver, a mummy of no, like you could kill it within two minutes of fighting it. You know what I mean? You've got a barbarian that what can one shot this fucker, but it's your quest giver. It's the person who's just like, well, well, no, like I expected you to be here. I've been sitting here my entire life waiting for you to come to give you this message. Please don't stab me. And I know for a fact, someone's group is going to stab it right away and kill it. And then you will not get your quest. And then you'll just yeah. figure out a way, different way to give it a quest. My other thought was like on the back of its wraps, once you kill it, if someone was to inspect it on the back of the wraps, the runes or whatever, like the magic will also have the message written inside would be my, my fail safe. Uh, right. Yeah. So if your group does decide to kill the said mummy, the message will be written on the wraps on the other side. If they kill the mummy and do not read the wraps, then you're fucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Roll new characters or doing a different campaign. Yeah. We're no longer doing this campaign. I'm done with your shit. I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, fuck you guys and your shit. Um, all right, body horror. How would you describe these, Peppy? Is Peppy bad? Do you like Peppy? Is that weird? <laughs> you know what? I actually played in a Spice Girls um RPG and I was Peppy Spice. And my Peppy like spice. my power was like giving pep talks. <laughs> Peps. I fucking love it. <laughs> On that note, let's talk about body horror. Body horror. (laughs) I have two sides, really. I have like crazy whimsical or undead bullshit. Like that's it's sparkles or it's raining blood. There's no in between. That's all I do. (laughs) So body horror. Um, they are wrapped in like the bandages and stuff in the picture. They're like you can still see skin and stuff underneath it. Um, because these bandages are old, and while they do have magical stuff written in them, they're still just linen and cloth. So they would eventually start to like 
come off and and fade and and that kind of stuff so you would see the like tightening of the skin against the bones and that like desiccation and their face sunken in and and that sort of thing so i would use that they also in the picture have a lot of jewelry they're very blinged out they have like a fancy belt and some like bracelets well, and stuff because i was always wondering because i know that like in the whole like egyptian like theory is that you take your riches with you they, they mm-hmm. you are buried with your riches so in my mind that's why the mummies yeah. have that jewelry but that's not necessarily in the fifth edition lore that you're yeah. you're buried with. Not all of them, anyways, are buried with their their monies. There, I'm sure there are, there are probably some that are like the the pharaohs and the X Y Zs of the world, right? But they're but, not necessarily becoming the mummies. Like they to be a mummy, it's more of a servant thing. So yeah. I don't know, being buried with all your stuff. But anywho, so, yeah. Anywho, they're very. They got a lot of bling to them, also. So. Which could be another reason your party wants to kill him because you know we all want to loot everybody we steal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Don't loot everything. <laughs> I would just put a curse on one of those items, honestly. I, I all those yeah. items are cursed. Are yeah. you kidding me? If you like if you make it past not being cursed by the mummy itself and you take one of its items, you're still fucking cursed. Cursed. No one <laughs> You want to get a curse? This is how you get a curse. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You made that save? I don't care. You took that ring. Cursed. You're cursed. <laughs> Casey, what about you? Body horrors. Well, I I imagine this thing, like you were talking about, Megan, where like it's essentially its whole face is covered except maybe just like one like sagging piece of linen that like reveals its eye. So it's a very different visual that you have to portray than zombies, which we talked about in depth because zombies, it's like you need to stay away from that mouth and away from <laughs> <laughs> stay away from the mouth <laughs> like do not mm-hmm. get bitten by that and Fair it's enough. gonna be snappy snapping at you and so <laughs> this one is a whole different game and so I think you have to kind of like focus on that like I think lots of people may like default to picking zombies especially if you're throwing like a horde or something at your players and mummies are super scary and have a different kind of scare because of the the visual change there yeah is it a, okay is this a science question because mm-hmm. like in my head I have this idea that and it might have just been like a, a folk tale that I was told growing up at some point in time but when you die do your hair and nails continue to grow <laughs> Like, I mean, I've heard that. I've never right? tested the theory. I've, heard I've it. also heard that. But I have never asked a scientist if that is uh-huh. actually the truth. So, Because I was just looking at the imagery that's in the book of the mummy, and it has long fucking talons. Uh-huh. And then the first thing that popped in my head is, oh, that makes sense, because nails and hair grow after you die. And I'm like, wait a minute, is that just something that I made that up? Just, <laughs> Question mark. That's just something they tell kids, and we all still believe it. Somebody, If there's a scientist listening, tell us in the Reddit. Yeah, let me know, because I'm, I'm not going to waste my time right now Googling it, but I'm going to go we're with the boat that it does. We're not going to actually research, but somebody let us know. Yeah, because I feel like Wikipedia, you know, the best form of information is not going to tell me the answer that I want, because the answer that I want is that they do. And, mm-hmm. and that's why like the, the imagery of all these mummies in the D&D fifth edition, their nails are so long and they have these fucking talons and that's what they grab onto you with. Right. Yeah. So if I'm thinking body horror, I'm thinking long fucking weird curled up nails. 
and that just make clickety clackety sounds as they're like walking oh. around plus the fact that again we went from squelching with zombies all the way to like just fucking dried up clattering bones with mummies yeah. so like that's the sound difference in my mind is you're gonna get your squelch from your your like gross festering zombies and then for mummies, you're gonna get this dried, like cracking and like bones clattering and like hitting each, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's yeah. gonna be gross, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so zombies are moist and mummies are dry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so depending on your vibe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could see our hand motions. <laughs> Usually, okay. Usually, when I send this audio off to Adam, I will just I will like to our editors. I'll usually basically just send the audio. I don't send the video so that he doesn't have to look at our stupid faces while uh-huh. we do it. <laughs> but now I kind of want to send some of our yeah. videos over. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to see what magic is happening here. <laughs> I but I don't want those pictures to surface on the internet because it's nine fucking a.m. in the morning. Yeah. I had a shower. <laughs> All in hoodies with our hair up and drinking coffee. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, all right. Uh, role playing ideas for these suckers, Pepperina. Any advice oh, on yeah. how you would role play these as a DM or what your well, thoughts are? I think there's more opportunity to role play these than there were for like some of the zombies and and that because they talk. Um, you can have a conversation with them. It will be very hard to have a conversation with them, but it is possible. Um, I would make them like really, like really play hard to get, you know, like they will at the end, maybe talk to you, but like your party's like, gotta have a real high charisma. They gotta really ask the right questions. And then their answers will be very like slow and like in puzzles and riddles. Like I wouldn't have them just straight out tell you because like, I think they would get a little bit of pleasure out of just being fucking hard to deal with, you know? So I would talk, I would like any information you're going to give them, I would do it in a riddle and a puzzle and like the most basic straight, like they're not going to tell you any more detail than what they're going to tell you. So if you're asking any more questions, if you're asking for clarification, they're not going to tell you. They're going to tell you their one sentence and that's it. And you yeah. got to figure it out. They live in servitude, right? They don't know the details. Yeah. They were told, yeah. I need to yeah. tell you this sentence and I don't know anything more. So it's just like, go yeah. to this place. And they're like, but why? And you're like, I don't fucking know. I don't I'm the, know. I'm the messenger, my gay. <laughs> go to the place. That's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. Are you going to kill me or can I go? Like, what are you going <laughs> to I'm going to go to sleep now. Thank you. <laughs> my job, my work here is done. Uh-huh. Oh my that's God. another thing like if you're not there to get their secret and you like woke them up they're gonna be pissed like they're gonna be so pissed that you woke them up and just angry like just a grumpy mom woken up from a nap too soon 100 i all... say this as a grumpy mom <laughs> please get out of my face <laughs> why i don't care if you have a cracker right now get out no. of my room <laughs> I don't care what animal that cracker is. I need you to get out of my face. <laughs> uh, what about you, Casey? Any other thoughts? Um, I think you could also, if you wanted to move a little bit into guilt tripping your party, potentially, <laughs> which is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you could have say you end up awakening a room that has several zombies and you just go on a whole like slashing spree and smashing spree and then you do investigate and look at the the um wraps and you can discern runes and in those runes is like a very touching kind of story or history that you feel really bad about not like actually finding out more about and say you have just murdered a family that you know there was a slightly smaller mummy a slightly larger mummy and it was like we have preserved this information because this family blah 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 we're going to pass this information down to our children yes (laughs) And you find out that you, like, ended this generational, like, communication of this family because you just went in and smashy-smashed everything. Yeah, not wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you may never find out if you roll poorly on investigation or you have no one in your party that can discern what it says. And then it just comes and goes and it's like oh you just killed a bunch of mummies no big deal um but then it could spin off and be a whole side quest for your group as well if you find out enough information yeah about that family and why they're there the whole nine yards right yeah yeah i, I like that. that it's like when you kill a random um bad guy bad guy in the woods and then they have a note to their like their wife <laughs> yeah I mean, nobody saw it but there were air air quotes involved in that uh, yeah. bad guy, bad guy. <laughs> oh that's hilarious i like how we're talking about these uh, like these mummies sorry oh my god talking about these mummies as if like they're they're going to be like these pivotal pieces of your like set piece of your campaign kind of thing but in my mind mm-hmm. i also just have to remember that like you could just throw mummies in there for shits and giggles because they are literally just lackeys that don't speak a language and just Mm -hmm. speak common or what have you. And they are just lackeys that you kill and move on from, right? So Mm -hmm. I I was to role play just like a basic mummy. Again, they're they're living in servitude. So they have one thought and one idea in mind. And if they're pissed off, they're going to curse you. They're pissed off, they're going to curse you. And that's all they're really going to be doing. I feel like they would also not necessarily really care about the immediate threat. There are a lot of like, I find like um, monsters or creatures that would go for the largest threat first. So if you have a giant barbarian in front of you, they're going to go for the barbarian or whatever's in front. Like, I feel like zombies, like mummies, these guys would probably just fight whatever's in front of them. Yeah. They don't care how strong, they don't care how strong you are. They don't care Mm -hmm. how squishy you are. They're not going to be able to make that discerned decision to be like kill the big strong guy first and then kill Mm -hmm. like the the magic person and they also won't be smart enough to say kill the magic person because it's healing the stronger person it's Mm -hmm. not going to figure that shit out it's going to go after you until it's done going after you you know what i mean so if it picks you it picks you so if you're gonna in my mind if i was to dm a horde of these or a group of these once it starts fighting something it's going to fight it until it's dead yeah like i don't think it's going to move on and like strategize and move on or do its thing right it's going to keep doing what it's doing so mm-hmm. and i could see them like if your party if it's like thing was to protect a tomb or you know a treasure or something if your party goes into that tomb i think it would attack like who walked in first second third like that's the order it would go down and whoever's closest yeah whoever's closest to the treasure so if it's fighting this one thing and someone runs past 
it's going to uh-huh. turn around and go after the person who's going after the treasure. Yeah, it doesn't give a shit about its life. The, the fact yeah. that it's going to turn around and get an attack of opportunity from your guy. It doesn't care. This guy's closer. I'm going to fucking get that bitch. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so. Or like that person touched it. He's done. You know, like that rogue snuck over and touched that piece of gold, even if he didn't pick it up, if he just touched it or looked at it right. wrong. Like, that's the one I'm going after. Yeah, cursed. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get that gl- that mom glare from across the room. Oh God, that's <laughs> like the, the slow turn. Pick up that coin, <laughs> Nemo. One hundred percent. Oh my God! All right. Any final exploration clues or combat thoughts, Peps? Um, I mean, exploration and clues. I think. You know, you had mentioned the dryness, like the sound of them. So if you do enter that tomb and they're not necessarily going to be right at that door because they have to wake up from their slumber and get to you first. But you would hear that like that dry clanking of bones and that like dragging of a foot and like the moans of them just waking up and that sort of thing. So I think that would be a pretty good clue before you see them that like something is you've stirred something um combat they're they're two actions they can use both of those in one move Mm -hmm. so they get a ranged and a close attack in each turn um i mean that in itself like they would just be trying to curse and rot everybody on every turn um or paralyze like i said before paralyzing you so that it can then get to you to touch you i think that would be a really like touch the person that's closest to you paralyze the person that's next closest to you so you can get to them touch them paralyze the next guy that's how i would pick off the team it wouldn't take long with some bad rules on their part Yeah. And I, I also think sometimes you're going to be going in somewhere knowing that there's a lot of like mummies. There's um, you're going to be seeing a lot of like, maybe you're in a, a castle that has catacombs underneath where it is a whole bunch of very important people that were mummified. And so you have beautiful, um, what are they called that mummies go in? Tombs, I guess. Sarcophagus. <laughs> Sar- the sarcophagus but, or the tomb, yeah. Yeah. I said I said sarcophagus at the beginning. So <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're doing. It was Yeah, and so an you can use that in a like lots of descriptors um, for portraying what that might look like. It could be a beautiful room full of really beautiful, like inscribed and colorful tombs. Um, and your only goal is to get through that room without without disturbing anything. And mm-hmm. as the DM, you can set traps everywhere <laughs> and you can give every single opportunity to trigger one of them and enticing things like small things that wouldn't necessarily look like treasure that somebody might just be like, that's weird and pick it up. And it could be just like a random thing. And, um, and that would just trigger and then you would start to even hear something or just start seeing the tops, like the covers just starting to shift. And then you're then you're fucked. Yeah. Mm. I'm imagining like a real cave of wonders nonsense where that pet familiar that you think you love so much is going to fuck your life up. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. It's like a boo, settle it down. <laughs> yeah, the lockies of the, the lockies <laughs> of the world. 
Fuck you, Dan. (laughs) Yeah, so that goes into like the foreshadowing and not necessarily the reveal of and clues of the of the actual mummy, but you really don't want to see them, but you know they're there. Mm -hmm. Chances are you're going to see them. (laughs) I can see that like if there was a portal you had to find and go through that like there was a series of mummies before it that you had to sort of get by and put like you said, putting like little things around to sort of test your your rogues and and that um if anyone's gonna like if you touch one it's over but you like Mm -hmm. you need to get to this portal so it's just like hands in your pocket rogue (laughs) in the pocket (laughs) in the pocket it's taking your kids to a store hands in your pockets we're not touching anything yeah in fact everybody hold hands we gotta get through this Yeah. And there could even be like pressure plates. There could be other things that then take away the enticing characteristic that somebody might have to grab something, but you're really shitty on stealth character will also trigger it just because Mm -hmm. they fail a stealth or fail a dexterity save or something like that too. Yeah. No, very fair. And like, I feel like safe, (laughs) nobody's safe, but I also feel like, cause yeah, we're talking about the tombs and the fact that there's going to be traps and shit because there's going to be like undead things here that don't want to be woken up or don't want to be killed in their sleep. X, Y, Z. I think it'd be like on top of like the exploration part and clues to find out you're going to come across a mummy is that I like, I know we're using the word runes, but technically with mummies, it's different. It's whatever language is like spoken, Mm -hmm. but like all the curses are like lining the walls too. Right. Mm -hmm. So like this whole tomb is technically like cursed and, or like eat breathing and sleeping the fact that mummies are here. Right. So I don't know. That's like, that would be a good like exploration clue. So like the auditory would be the fact that you hear clankings of bones when they're awake. But before they're awake, if you're like trying to figure out what kind of environment you're in, looking around, you see all these like, and if someone can read that language, it's like, okay, well, this is a mummification spell. Mm-hmm. We may come across mummies, right? So amazing. Well, let's talk about a a more scary version of a mummy. Yes. And speaking of um, kind of layers and regions, oh boy, the mummy lord. <laughs> It's it's amazing. I love it and I'm terrified at the same time. I feel like I say that a lot in this series, but ooh. Um, and I yeah, I truly think that people and like default to zombies a lot of the time um for this type of thing, but man, mummies are so cool. Anyway, you can find more on Mummy Lord in the monster manual as well. So A mummy lord, to put it simply, is when the mummy ritual is performed on beings of higher power. So think high priestess, a powerful sorcerer, emperor. In these circumstances, the heart and viscera are removed and placed in jars and essentially become a phylactery. These jars are usually intricately painted or etched and can be like of pottery or be carved out of stone even. The heart of the mummy lord allows the mummy to never be permanently destroyed. If it drops to zero hit points, it will turn to dust and reform 24 hours later near its jarred heart. So the only way to destroy a mummy lord is to destroy the heart. So we're kind of going a little bit like the lich like kind of theme Mm -hmm. um which is very very challenging (laughs) like the lich Um, of the mummy world yeah yeah 
There is, though, one key difference between a mummy and a mummy lord. Uh, the mummy lord ritual is a big level up from um, just creating mummies. Uh, it's typically performed by very powerful clerics. And as such, the mummy lord retains memories and personality of when it was a living creature. So that sorcerer is a sorcerer mummy. The emperor that had a powerful magical weapon now can use that as a mummy. Uh, it has the wherewithal to heavily, heavily protect its heart. And so it will not be easy, easy to kill and it will be not easy to find and destroy the heart. So other lore mentions mummy lords having also the ability to inhibit healing due to the pure evil energy surrounding them. And I found that kind of an interesting spin that you could, that <laughs> that to you me, could add in. That to me is humans living on spite alone. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what that breathes to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so they do exist in other editions, um, but they really haven't changed much. That was the most unique thing that I found outside of uh, the monster manual. Uh, so you'll likely need to seek out a mummy lord and its phylactery deep in a tomb or vault like we've talked about. So expect lots of traps and lots of other creatures not just uh, like mummies, but other creatures along the way that have been put in there to protect. It has layer actions and the layer has regional effects. So this is not a simple venture. This would be, this could potentially be like you're seeking out the big bad evil guy, or it's a one shot in itself to delve into this tomb and survive. So going into um, a little bit more detail on the layer actions, they include the ability to pinpoint living creatures within 120 feet, advantage on saving throws for turn undead, and abilities that target the party spellcasters. So if a spellcaster um, casts a spell fourth level or higher, it causes immense pain to that character. So that's, <laughs> that's a fun one. Though these are limited on a per round basis for the mummy lord, they can certainly like really impede your progress and navigation through, through the tombs. Uh, to touch on regional effects, there's actually quite a few. Uh, this is where you can really, I think, set the stage for what the dungeon or tomb crawl is going to be like. So the mummy lord has created a dreadful layer where food molds instantly water evaporates, divination spells won't work, and can give incorrect results. So you can get your party lost because they're getting just incorrect information on the spells that they do cast. Uh, the treasures may be tempting to take, but of course they are cursed. And when you are cursed, just as a reminder too, when a target is cursed, you have disadvantage on all saving throws. So, <laughs> so this is, you know, clues and exploration. If you, you know, you are in a dreadful layer. And if you have to spend days getting through this, you have no food, you have no water. It's just, that's the way it is. That's the way she goes. Yeah. 
so just to touch on the stat block for the Mummy Lord, it is beefed up from the Mummy. It's a CR 15. Um, it increases to 16 when the Mummy Lord is in its lair. And a mummy has a CR of three, remember? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. a big, <laughs> um, it has, and an when's 18... it not going to be in its lair, you know? Right. Yeah. Like it, it has the wherewithal to stay in there. Um, it has an AC of 17. This is also, also with natural armor, but it's just beefed up. It's just, it's just more robust than a regular mummy. It has an average HP of 97 and still a speed of 20. Uh, It's medium undead lawful evil creature, dark vision 60 feet, which is the same as as a mummy. Um, And it knows the languages that it knew in life, but they actually rarely speak. So this probably won't be where you lean into the communication, even though it's the BBEG potentially. Uh, Slightly below average stats of the mummy, are boosted up. So you talked about that five point range uh, peps. Mm -hmm. So they have now an average stat for dex and intelligence and quite good stats for everything else. Plus three for charisma and um, plus four for strength and wisdom. Um, A mummy lord can certainly be the, the big bad evil guy, like I said, that you're going to fight. In addition to all the damage and resistances and conditional immunities that the mummy has, it has a whole bunch of damage immunities. The mummy Lord is also a 10th level spell caster using its wisdom ability. (laughs) Yeah. I never want to fight a mummy Lord. You're going to fucking die. You're cursed and I can do spells. (laughs) It has a very decent list of cleric spells, which I think makes sense because it's usually a very powerful cleric that has to create the mummy lord. Uh, so it includes like guiding bolt, hold person, spiritual weapon, animate dead, of course, contagion, insect plague and harm. And there's there's even more. It also has the multi-attack ability with Dreadful Glare and Rotting Fist. Uh, but because the wisdom stats are higher, the DCs are higher on those. So yeah, like like Rotting Fist is plus nine to hit. So yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and it also has legendary actions. <laughs> So this is okay. the but wait there's more <laughs> you're so even can, more fucked right <laughs> it can take three legendary actions per round um some of the actions do cost uh two action points but it has five options to choose from and they are pretty devastating so most target hit points or constitution in the targets of note is Whirlwind of Sand, though, where the mummy lore can magically shift into a Whirlwind of Sand and essentially teleport up to 60 feet. And in this state, it is immune to all damage, and you basically can't do anything to it until it reforms itself on the other spot. So that's the mummy lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we like, we like them, right? Like <laughs> as a DM, holy shit, there's so much to work with. It's really fun. 
But as players, if you don't know this is a mummy lord and you think it's just a standard mummy for the first while, you you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> Very dead. Yeah. No. Love that. All right. Let's raise some dice. <clears throat> 12. Eight. Eight. <gasps> Roll off. Roll off. Two. Six. <laughs> well done. All right. I'll go for I'll answer my own questions first, and then Casey yeah. can go next. <laughs> Okay, so quest quest options for a mummy lord. Um, I get. I feel like these are going to be your big bad evil guy or someone operating in the background. So if there's a quest line happening, you might come across mummies and things like that along the way. But whether or not the mummy lord is your actual target is yet to be discerned in my mind. Um, but there is no real fucking reason why you would go into a mummy layer unless you are searching for a piece of like jewelry that is required or like a magical item you know is there. Or again, you're trying to get information from a mummy that's ancient. So I feel like you're going to go into a tomb for one of those reasons we listed above for going on a mummy quest. But then there's a mummy lord, obviously, that runs this town. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um but I don't think that you're going to want to fight one of these right away. This is not a tier one, tier two group kind of battle to do. This is a end game kind of situation. And it would be with a lot of research from your group about how mummies operate and how they work. Like you might come across a group of mummies within a, a small little tomb, but there's no mummy lord there. But now you know what mummies are. So it's kind of like they introduce them slowly to what the world of like mummies is. So you learn and educate your team how to handle mummies so that when they do come across the mummy lord they're not going in completely blind right but uh but yeah what about you Casey yeah quest idea yeah I think this is where you you need your party to do research potentially you find out the family name of the tomb where there's been rumored to be like dreadful evil in there for thousands of years so you do some work on what exactly you might be facing You may have to create a massive strategy just around trying to find the heart and viscera jar. Like same, same as Lich. Like we are fucked if we actually like enter initiative with this mummy Lord. Let's do everything we can to destroy it without doing that. Yeah. Do we think that a mummy would keep the jar close to it though? Because like, I, I, so like liches, we kind of discussed in a previous episode where we kind of talked about how liches will disperse their items throughout the world and keep them safe places where they are not do you feel like a mummy would keep its jar close to its person or would they disperse it as an item somewhere and i think willy-nilly yeah i think they would keep it i think they would keep it in their lair because if they were to die which i mean is maybe more rare than you might think but if they do die they come back next to their jar and so yeah. they would prefer, I think, to essentially return in their lair, I would yeah. think. So I think they will have it heavily, heavily protected somewhere deep in their tomb. And where they may be encountered would still be quite far from that. So that is maybe why there would be a, a chance that you could get to the heart, uh, like getting around the mummy lord, potentially. Because it wouldn't just be right next to it, but it would be in the mm-hmm. same layer. It'd would be in the layer somewhere. You know somebody's yeah. going to steal that heart and not realize that that's what it is. And then oh. the mummy lord's going to pop up next to them at camp the next day. <laughs> oh my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> How fucking frightening. Would, and because, yeah, because I can imagine, like. Your heart is, is not going to, like, they're not going to do the research to know they have to destroy that thing. 
No. They're just they're gonna just like gonna take everything, throw it in their bag of holding, and fuck off. And I feel like the mummy lord would do that as a trick. Yeah, they, it would let your group kill it, knowing you're gonna take this item mm-hmm. and yeah. that it's gonna wake up beside you in the middle of the night, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um. Oh my gosh. And like, and like again, the like, item could be something completely different because we talked about how liches could like their item is whatever their item is. I feel like a mummy because it's their heart and their inside and stuff like that. Like you, I feel like they would if I was to be a mummy lord. <laughs> i would take my heart and those, those those items and then i would carbon compress it into a diamond and make it into a piece of jewelry mm-hmm. but like would that count as destroying it yeah. it's up to the dm on that okay. one maybe 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 anyways peps thoughts on yes okay so if you really i think wanted to fuck over your party you could have a lich create this mummy lord it's protecting the lich's phylactery the lich is protecting its phylactery (laughs) (laughs) so like you have to if you're trying to like fight this lich and you find out oh it's phylacteries in this tube we can go get it and destroy it first you have to fight this thing you kill it you can like you get the phylactery you go to the lich and then this fucker's right next to the lich because it goes back to where its heart was, where the lich is. And now you got both of them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my it, gosh. It would be like a, oh man. I feel like if you were like across, like I feel like again, because like liches have telepathy, right? I know it's only within a certain amount of feet, but I feel like if the lich was being attacked and it needed assistance, Mm-hmm. It would make a call out being like, can you just kill yourself so that you can regenerate? <laughs> I like their buds, right? So the uh-huh. mom's like, yeah, fuck yeah. So like fuck. slits his own throat yeah. and then like appears right beside the lich 24 hours. Like, what do you need, man? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> how can I help? <laughs> I mean, we could even throw zombies in because they have animate dead. So we could have like just corpses in there that they can animate and make zombies too. We could throw everything in. Absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is how you get chased by zombies and mummies at the same time. Yes. <laughs> Guys, we figured it out. <laughs> and then a lich shows up. Everyone yeah. at the beginning of this podcast was like, guys, that would never happen. Those are two different worlds. And we're like, fuck it. We made it. We're yeah. Like, it. yeah. Bring in mommy lord. 100% could happen. <laughs> Hold my and... Tim Hortons copy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you can truly decide which one is more scary. <laughs> yeah. We start with which one's more scary. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's line them up. See which one you run towards. <laughs> Oh, man. I don't feel like there's any more added body horror for this one in our next key. I feel like because they are still mm-hmm. mummies, but I feel like they would be more decked out than your classic mummy would be. Um, yeah. Yeah. They would have the riches and the gems and the jewels and the robes and like actually want to look like a, an operating person of society almost. Right. And to yeah. the best of their ability, like they're going to make themselves look important. Because they, in my mind, they're going to be, just like to touch on the role-playing side, like, I feel like they would be a little bit more full of themselves than they have the right to be, you know? Like... It's I like, mean, they have kind of the right to be, though. Oh, and they're, <laughs> they're very scary. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But in mind, I'm like, what are you ruling? You have a you have a tomb and a bunch of mummies and some treasures. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, good, good for good for you. Good, good, good job, Carl. You're making it in life. Like, congratulations. Like, <laughs> but uh, what about you, Casey? Anything for body horrors, or you can just bleed into role playing as well if you like? Yeah, I think 
these would be the mummies where they would be wrapped and then they would be put into their like beautiful robes that they may have worn as their emperor and um with all of their giant jewelry and like you know if there's head pieces of jewelry and crowns and things like that that would all still be there and i think they as the mummy lord would keep all of that like they would even go as far as look after it like make sure that it's all in place on their body make sure that their robe is like tight around their wrapped body and if they have you know any if they had any sort of spell casting focus when they were alive I think they would still have that and it might be just like this really really old ornate piece of jewelry or this old necklace that they proudly display on them I think you could make it very apparent that it's not just your regular mummy that way which could be kind of interesting and give a bit of more history um for players who like that yeah I think like it's not necessarily in the lore but I think I'd give them glowing eyes like yeah, man. you walk into a, a tomb and you just like in the darkness you see these two eyes start to glow yeah, like mm-hmm. that's how, and then they start to come out of the darkness. I think that would be a really terrifying way to introduce them. <laughs> yeah, not even not even like an ethereal glow, but because uh-huh. it's like the only part of their body that's shiny, any part of light will hit their eyes before it hits anything else. Because everything else is like dry and gross, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only thing that's like shiny would be their eyes, right? Ooh. So reflect. Or it the would light. be like their glare starting. You know, yeah. like you walk Ooh, in. Yeah. And they start to glare at somebody. And all of a sudden, like, somebody, you just see eyes, and then somebody's got to make a save. I don't know if people, like, I don't know either if you watch Naruto, but every time we talk about the glare in the eyes, all I want to say out loud is Sharingan. <laughs> Which I know there's probably at least one person listening to our podcast that will understand that, and I'm really happy about that. <laughs> all I need is one, guys. <laughs> all right, anything else for exploration and clues or even combat for these folks? I know there's a lot of combat options because just their layer actions alone I find are phenomenal, but I definitely don't want to fight one because they're a spellcaster, right? Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to come after you with touching them your, the, itself. It's going to have an army of mummies that are going to do the touching, the bad touch stuff <laughs> for you. You're going to yeah. be standing back as this, this mummy lord that is just out whipping spells, right? Yeah. And like sending out mummy after mummy to keep you protected but then just like the fact that it has hold person but can also paralyze you is fucking frightening um and then like again it's got like it's got the contagion and in and insect plague which i think we've talked about that spell like in the past a couple of episodes it's just creepy looking and creepy sounding you know what i mean yeah. but um but yeah no it's I feel like this kind of bridges on the sense of like chaotic evil in the sense where it can definitely power the way you think as well. So like it doesn't have technically, like technically it doesn't have like telepathic abilities, but it has like command and whole person and all of these spells that will hurt you from a distance or make you hurt yourself almost or your group. Mm-hmm. So it can mm-hmm. technically to a degree control you. So that's something to remember when it comes to a mummy lord is like it doesn't necessarily have to fight you. It can make you fight each other. Yeah. And it's that scenario of um, of you maybe fighting your party members, them like against their own will. They're fighting you. And if this turns into some sort of TPK scenario, they can just animate your other player characters like they can just animate your friends and then you're fighting them as zombies. Like it it can go heavy dread and heavy heavy dark horror Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
and just be an gross. epic TPK, to be honest. <laughs> you know what? I'd be fine with that because then it would turn you all into mummies. And then like you would have to fight your old characters later on. Right. Yeah. And you would probably end up being mummy lords because you like this is CR You're pretty 50. powerful by this point. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Not a bad way to go and not even like almost go. You're not quite gone. <laughs> That's a really cool thing to do with your legacy characters. So, so like if you're near the end of a campaign, this is your big bad evil guy. The characters that die will get mummified. Yeah. And then will come back at some point in time if you play within the same universe or the same world. And like yeah. you will talk to them and they will have all the all the information your old character had. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then your your goal might be just to seek out that really fucking evil cleric that has the ability to make all these mummy lords. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love it. Especially if you have a like party member who makes like the junior of their old character. And then yeah. now they're uh-huh. like one of the the descendants of this one. <laughs> yeah. Be like, my dad left for milk years ago and never came back. I'm gonna go <laughs> find him. <laughs> <laughs> It Oops, was really got weird. Into a mummy. <laughs> we have a cow, so I don't know why he left. <laughs> oh, I hate it. What a sad, sad tale. Oh man. Any other oh. final exploration clues or combat thoughts from you, Peps? Before we... um, so I like the idea of them. If, even if they're like creating the mummies around you, and you're getting that touch, and they know that you only have so many days before you die, mm-hmm. and then they can just let you kill them, come back. Cause you're going to steal their fucking heart and you're going to, they're going to come back and they, maybe they have the remove curse that you need. Cause now you have a matter of days before your party is dust and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. So they could like, they could periodically pick you off, you know, do the glare, do the, um, hold person, paralyze you, rot, rot, rot. Even with the like gust of wind, if you're 60 feet away, they can get right to you if they paralyze you with their glare. Yeah. And touch you on the next turn. So like getting away from that is going to be next to impossible. But by the end, all of you are slowly rotting from the inside out and don't know it. Ooh, that would be a fun thing to play out with the body horror part. It's Mm -hmm. just like one of your team members did end up getting cursed and is rotting from the inside out what does that feel like and how long do you do that for right mm-hmm. like ooh, that'd be fun and it could be a, a secret thing where they don't want they don't let anybody know that they were touched and they're trying to just cover it up and so it's up to the player's like decision to say anything or not I, it's like that one character in every zombie movie that got bit and doesn't tell anybody yep. okay. <laughs> until they become a zombie. Yes. <laughs> so but here's a, here's a fun like long-term arc. That character that gets cursed starts running from the inside out. They lose a hand or an eye at one point, end up becoming uncursed because they figure it out eventually. But now they're on the hunt for Vecta's hand to replace. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> Ooh, we love a good Lich Mummy story. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So I'm going to talk about some more simplistic kind of mummy creatures uh, that we can find within the Yawning Portal. Um, in the Tales of the Yawning Portal, we do come across Lesser Mummy Lord, which is only really described as a mummy that you found with some of its wrapping removed and a gem inside one of its eye sockets. If the gem is removed, that mummy then comes to life and becomes what's called the Lesser Mummy Lord, which is technically a mummy lord, just not without the layer actions. Um mm. But the only added bonus that I read in this was that the wrappings themselves are non-flammable, which means you cannot kill it with fire. Ooh. Yeah. Spin on that. <laughs> so, and in my mind, I'm like, I'm sorry. If a lesser mummy lord can make their wraps non-flammable, 
<laughs> mommy lords of the world let me get the council together we should have like fucking fire resistant wraps why is <laughs> why have we not thought of this yet <laughs> and the next one is going to be a centaur mummy which because why the fuck not why not <laughs> Of all of them. Of all the things. (laughs) Of all the things, this is one we can find. And again, you can find it within the Yawning Portal. These are a CR of six and can be, uh, and are technically considered a large undead mummy that are lawful evil. They have an AC of 13, average hit points, and a speed of 30. Which I understand that mummies are supposed to be slow, but I feel like this is a horse. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it deserves a little more oomph, you know? What's the Uh, speed of a not mummied centaur? Oh, let's figure that out. I would think more. I would would think more. I could be wrong. Like, I understand making it a little slower, but. Speed is 40. 40. All right. So that's. So technically above average, but you know. Oh, this says the speed's 50. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Where'd it go me? <laughs> oh, sorry. Are you looking at centaurs or centaur mummies? I'm just looking at centaurs. Oh, well, the internet has failed me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it 45. <laughs> Let's call it 87. <laughs> I think the fact that they're only a 30 as a mummy is a little bit weird, but I guess maybe because their legs are wrapped up, they're a little bit slower. I don't know. Clip clop. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because they're fae, obviously they can understand common and sylvan. Uh, so again, you can speak to them much like you could a rate another mummy. They have the ability to charge, which means it moves if it moves at least 20 feet towards a target and then it hits with its pike. It does an extra 3d6 damage. Um, and again, it does carry a pike as a weapon, um, but it can also attack with its hooves. Uh, they have what's called, they have the dreadful glare as well, which means that a target, of course, within 60 feet of that mummy, uh, it can see has to succeed on a DC 12 wisdom save or be frightened of it. So you're going to be scared of a mummified horse, man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fair. I'd be afraid of a mummified <laughs> yeah. horse, man. Especially if it's charging at me with a pike. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yeah. My God. I'm just looking at the artwork for it right now. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty frightening. I like its little headdress, at least in this picture. <laughs> well, that I feel would be like a cool mini to paint. It would be very cool <laughs> mini to paint. Yeah, if you look at the artwork that's given for it, it is very well decked out and dressed up, but it is like an mm-hmm. emaciated looking horse. So maybe that is why it runs slow, is because it's not as yeah. muscly as it once was. I like right. I'm trying to make sense of why it can't run fast. That is what I'm hyper fixating <laughs> on. <laughs> why? Yeah. why can it not run? Why can't <laughs> that's it run? So disappointing. It's a horse. I wanted to murder people faster. I don't. (laughs) All right. Uh, All right. So for this, let's raise dice quickly. Give me a dice roll. 18. Seven. 12. Cool. All right. Peps, you're first. All right. When and how would you include these in a campaign as a DM? Um, I mean, I guess if your party's not ready for the like actual mummy lord, but they're still getting into shit they shouldn't be, you could throw a lesser one at them mm-hmm. um, to try to not TPK them right away. Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Because I mean, when going from mummy to mummy lord, it's a three to what? An eight, a 15? 15. A yeah. 15. Mm-hmm. So like that is a huge jump in CR for one step to the next. So um, if you've got that like middle tier, I guess, party, mm-hmm. I think that would be a good uh, middle ground for them. So you don't just obliterate yeah. them immediately, but also have a challenge. Um, the centaur mummy, I don't know. They'd be hard to fit in, but I like whimsical bullshit. So I'd probably choose them somehow just because. 
I'm just imagining a mummy lord that's like, I want all kinds of creatures as an army. All and of so, them. Yeah. so it's just like a whole bunch of different animals yeah. that have been mummified. So you've got your, your mummified centaurs, you've got mm-hmm. your wolves, you've got your foxes, you've got, I don't know, fucking squirrels, you know, like you're just like, <laughs> I have this. Because in my mind, if these are created by clerics, technically, mm-hmm. if you were like a wood elf cleric that then became a mummy lord, your army would be animals. Yeah. Right. So if your army is animals, mummified animal army that is the only thing i can think of as to why i would have (laughs) i did when i was first reading the like mummy lore i i run um animal adventures sometimes and i was like i want to make a mummy cat (laughs) as the bad guy (laughs) for animal adventures totally so i get that like i would i would definitely throw it in for something like that um because i do a lot of whimsical bullshit but um for your serious dm i'm not entirely sure where you would where she would place them no <laughs> mummy army is the only answer i have mummy, for uh, yeah, yeah mummy army i guess you would want something on a horseback and why not just have a man on a horse <laughs> and then you'll have to make two you cut out the middle man you just oh my god <laughs> so my mind went to um the most amazing and traumatic movie never-ending story and you know like the gates <laughs> like what if what if the gates make them smaller of course than in the movie but the gates were um like entombed centaur mummy lords <laughs> and uh, walking through um triggers them and so out emerges centaur mummies mm-hmm. <laughs> I fucking hate it so much <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah, that like, would definitely make you pause as a party like right as an adventure to see a mummy centaur walk out you would definitely be like what the fuck who <laughs> created you you know what i mean like, <laughs> what the fuck i'm turning around like i don't want any part of this okay but hear me out could you imagine it being like the centaur the the mummy centaur ends up being the mummy lord mm-hmm. like oh. that would be a lot and again i would let it run faster i'm gonna just anyways Uh, (laughs) all right what do you do you have like a single unique combat tactic or something that will make these alternatively different from an average zombie or like fighting an average zombie or even an average mummy mummy? it says zombie on my paper it does yeah So it says mummy. <laughs> I probably have the old version. How about that? <laughs> We're reverting back. It happens. Yeah. Anyways, yes. Do you have a single com- unique combat tactic or idea that would make it different from an average mummy? I mean, <laughs> have them run faster. <laughs> have it run faster. <laughs> unanimous, unanimous decision. <laughs> This bitch needs to run faster. Run faster. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> with the lesser one, like you could play into the being immune to fire thing. Um, that's probably the most unique thing with them. Um, God, you could even combine the lesser one and the centaur and have a horseman immune to fire. <laughs> I hate it. I hate yeah, everything that about run, that. That runs slightly faster than a regular puppy. <laughs> but I feel like again, like I feel like that's what makes them very different from a from a, like a normal uh-huh. mummy is that they yeah. are immune to fire, basically. So mm-hmm. like you've now learned up until this point that if I want to kill this, I'm going to kill it with fire. Yeah. But for some fucking reason, this one in particular, that does not work. That does. That would definitely set your group into a little bit of a panic. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I think that like, if you've already experienced mummies and you already have that information, then throwing this one at them would definitely throw them off on that. Like, oh, we just got to shoot a fireball at it. We're good to go. Yeah. Not going to work. Throw a fireball yeah. and eat. We're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Any other final thoughts on these weird ones before the next we roll on? I think we highlighted the best and worst parts. <laughs> Quite literally. Quite literally. <laughs> All right, well, I'm actually going to talk about a place where you probably would find a mummified centaur. Uh, and we're going to talk about a place called Harker, which you can find in Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Um, so again, this is kind of a place that's going to be ripe with mummy potential. Um, so how does it screen mummies, you ask? Well, it is a domain that is a vast and open desert, first of all, and very limited water as a resource. So very much just screams the plains of Egypt. <laughs> mm. So yeah. we're thinking we're thinking the movie The Mummy. This is kind of what we're what we're getting into. That's exactly what came to mind. The plane yeah. flying over the desert dunes. One hundred percent. Ah yes. Who doesn't want to be in that movie? Right. Oh no. my god. It was my sexual awakening. Can we just take a minute <laughs> and talk about the mummy because we haven't yet? And it was one hundred percent my sexual awakening. I am attracted to everyone in that movie. Yeah, every single one of them. Like everybody, I know. Holy mother of God! Like questioning good, bad, naughty, good, (laughs) enemies to lovers, like the whole nine. Like it's all there, guys. All of it It is is. there. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going really too hard. (laughs) How do you make a mummy campaign? You just you just do the mummy. You just watch that movie do that well okay so when i start describing (laughs) this place to you and its history you're going to feel that so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna get into it now and we'll probably talk more about the mummy as we go through this okay so even this place is actually also referred to as domain of the ancient dead um it is led by a pharaoh that goes by the name of onctopat so i mean that's close (laughs) enough to what was what was the guy's name in mummy the mummy um uh was the name of the girl what was the name of Imhotep was the name of the, mm-hmm. the actual mummy lord guy. Anyways, names, 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 names. Um, so this guy, he is considered the um, intermediary between the living and the dead and rests in his own damned pyramid <laughs> um, within a, a place called the City of the Dead, which, again, the mummy. These lands are riddled with other pyramids and tombs, statues of gods, and all other kinds of monuments that are then intertwined underground with a series of tunnels and passageways that they call the labyrinth. Enter mummy centaur. (laughs) Yes. Right? Uh, So there is only one death ritual here, and that is mummification. So so basically this is so that the pharaoh can call upon his servants whenever he chooses, um, and it is actually technically against the law here to bury the dead or do anything else with the dead other than mummify them. The folks that live here are called the Akirin, who live to serve within this desert realm. Something fun to note is that all Akirins have a, f- a flair for music. So I can imagine there is a mummy dancing night, like nightlife, that is to be told. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> so that's the fun part. Let me get into the actual history of Antipat. So he is missing a part of his soul, uh, and it's called his Ka which he will forever be searching for and in fact uses his disciples and priests to continue to hunt for it. How did he lose it, you ask? Well, it really comes down to the tale of the first mummy movie. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, the pharaoh thought, um, the pharaohs think that they are of the gods. So he rallied his troops and murdered the current pharaoh, but was then betrayed and then murdered in return. 
when at the gates of death's door, the gods denied him entry to the afterlife and took a piece of his soul for themselves. And when he woke up, he was mummified along with all of his disciples within the same tomb. So that's 100% what happened to, uh, you know, the mummy movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, he eventually rose and found a land that worshiped, that would worship, sorry, that he ended up basically raising himself and then found a land that worshiped the original God that he once did. And then basically pronounced, and he like wiped all of them out and replaced his God with his own God, his own false God. So there is actually, if you read, there are details about the different gods you'll find here. And he made them up. They are his false gods. Um, and basically started his own religion. That is very God-like. Yeah. (laughs) So, and like, and again, like his whole purpose is that he now, he, he lives within this um, land that is full of pyramids, tombs, and all these things. And like, again, it is against the law to do anything but mummification. So everyone that lives here is either alive or is a mummy and they worship this person. And they're basically, their goal in life is to find his ka, which is the missing piece of his soul. So, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, the scary, 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 scary men's. So are you interested? So, so let's raise some dice. I've got some questions about mm-hmm. this place. 11. God. Five. Right. 12. Awesome. I'll answer my own question again. Um, <laughs> so are you interested? Of, first question is, are you interested in playing in this place? Why or why not? Honestly? Yeah, I am. I would love to play a sexy mummy movie with a lot of <laughs> sexy characters that go on a, like, you know, a, a, a rant and a rave and a hunt. And like, jokes aside, like, I feel like it's a pretty cool place is kind of riddled with a lot of different histories i think it would be very hard to play in this area if you weren't specifically wanting to play in it you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like if you weren't building a campaign around the fact that your group would find their way here it's not something you would just randomly throw out there like it's Mm -hmm. this is a very specific place it's not like you would just happenstance across it and if you did happenstance across it you were in a loads of trouble you know what i mean so it would be like accidentally coming across the haunted tomb and the haunted curse and you were now cursed. Like, I feel like your team would die immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you are pre-planning the fact that you were going into this land of the dead where their goal is to only serve this one human being slash mummy lord, Pharaoh thing. And then when you die, you will become a mummy. Will become a mummy. There is no question. If you die here, you are a mummy. So yeah. there's, I feel like this place has a lot of fear and potential death in it. So it would be one of those campaigns where I don't feel like I would play it with a group that was afraid of their characters dying or mm-hmm. like having like, would, this would not be a beer and pretzels game for me if I was to play here, if that makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Peps? What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I've not played in a game, I don't think, with mummies involved. Um, so after this research and reading them, like they're, I think, super flavorful and you can do a lot with them. And if you don't like as a DM know how to create that type of like place in the world this would be a good like in your in your players want to do a mummy thing this would be a great way to have all this already lore already you know all this backstory that you could go off of so i think it would be a great way to um use that in a in a mummy campaign if that's what your players are are wanting to go into and i think it's super interesting and there is a lot of depth to it and a lot of you know the heartbreak and betrayal and i think that's i think that's a key to a good mummy campaign is betrayal yeah like mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. that's what you got to really hone in on there's got to be a reason and i think betrayal is a good one yeah 100 what about you casey does it interest you at all yeah, I see it potentially as a one shot for higher, like a higher level game. Um, I think you could potentially use a theme where, say, 
somebody's family member has gone to this place and you need to go find them and you're not sure. And this is with the knowledge of what this place is, but you're not sure if they're alive or if you're going to find them as a mummy. Um, but you, you, your quest is to go there and seek them out. You could go the classic route of in one of those pyramids, there is an item and there is high risk of, of death, but you have to go retrieve it. And maybe there is something that you bring with you that can um, make it not cursed or, you know, something like that. Yeah. But you could enter that storyline, have people go in and then you could spin it however dark you wanted as the DM. They could end up in there and the person you're looking for is married to um, the pharaoh or something like that. Or is has turned into a mummy and has like forsaken their whole family and backstory, given up on that. And then your job now is to convince them to like come back. They we can end the curse and bring them back to life. But it would be maybe a one shot that would turn out to be a five shot. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> most one shots do yeah but you could do it that way if if in generally you're never going to end up doing a longer campaign that's Egyptian style that could be a way to play with this world yeah very much I like the okay I, as you were talking it kind of came up with a thought an idea as well is the fact that so he lost his soul to the gods right and then created his own false gods so these gods are probably pissed off at this person um mm -hmm. So this would be definitely a battle of the gods kind of thing at a high level. Or if you're going to be a low level adventuring party, let's say your cleric worships that god and mm. your ancestral sword or like fucking shield that has your family crest on it is the soul. <laughs> oh no, Megan. Because <laughs> they bestowed it upon you to, to protect mm -hmm. it basically. And then it got passed down generation to generation to generation that that information may have been lost or you feel like it's an old wives tale at this point that you're carrying the soul of an Egyptian god, right? Um, and, and it you, talks to you and you don't like- It's sentient. Like, yeah. And it talks to you. And like, you make really good friends with this thing. Uh -huh. And then, but like in the background, you are being hunted by the priests and disciples of this other God yeah. because they want your shield for, for themselves, right? Like- And, and all these other- people like clerics and people you come across where you state that that's the god um they're like that's not a real god and, <laughs> and your, your shield or your sword or whatever every time just rages a little bit more <laughs> it's not a real god it's not a real god. it's like mm. <laughs> you want to get cursed this is how you get cursed <laughs> But speaking of that, uh, my final question for this is like, do we like Unctipot as a possible big bad evil guy? And I'm going to say absolutely yes. Because to your point, yeah. Peps, I feel like he's got everything that you need. He's got, but mm -hmm. he's been betrayed. He's got a lot of rage. He's probably, he's very full of himself. He made himself mm -hmm. a god. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is just got like, an army of undead. Army of undead. <laughs> he has a man. fucking labyrinth for fuck's sake. Uh -huh. Like, yeah, this is this is end game big bad evil guy. And would I want to use it in my campaign? Absolutely. But again, mm -hmm. it would be tough to fit it in if you weren't wanting to do a mummy campaign to begin with. Like, I feel like yeah. that would have to have been the discussion that this is a mummy campaign and this is a curse campaign and this is what it is. Um, would I start it off in that area? Probably not. If I wanted it to be a longer campaign, big, bad, evil thing, I would do something that leads you there. Mm -hmm. Right. Or again, like if you're carrying the ancestral item that carries his soul, obviously eventually you will be found and you will have to go there at some point, but, or you as a cleric are aware that that's what you're carrying with you. So you don't want to go there ever. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're avoiding it like the fucking plague, right? Because you know that he's going to be there and he know, you know that he's going to want that shield, right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe you attract, like, whenever you're doing any sort of undead anything not relating to this world and you are the carry- you are the carrying that, that shield or sword, you naturally attract undead and your party doesn't fucking understand why. And you're, mm-hmm. it's like, what is up with that? And you're like, I don't know. And you're just like hiding the whole time that you have this because you so know weird, it. weird, right? It's strange. <laughs> like I wouldn't, I don't even know. How strange, how strange. Mm-hmm. The slow burn. I do see a lot of zombies. Weird. Yeah. How strange, how strange. <laughs> All the mummies animate as soon All as you walked mummies. in. <laughs> oh man. Do you think that if you like, so if you carried an item that contained this man's soul and you walked into a room of mummies that serve him, yes, their goal is to retrieve that soul. But if that soul is sentient, do you think that if you made really good friends with it, that it would be then be able to control those mummies as a result of being a part of that man? I like it. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. Like I would maybe have it roll a DC save or something. Because I have the chance to. I'm imagining- it's only a piece of it. So it wouldn't be as powerful as like his word, but it might be able to command some of them. Yeah. Like some of the, the lessers, shall we say. Yeah. The ones <laughs> sitting on the lesser thrones, right? Yeah. But I think that would be a fun twist that this, this, it's his soul has spent so long in your family bloodline that it's no longer chaotic evil. This piece of his soul is actually now good. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so like, if, so maybe after he's been good, maybe his soul is actually, no, I want to go back and I want to do things better. Put me back so I can fix this. Right. Like mm-hmm. how fun and cool would that be? <laughs> <laughs> has tragedy and betrayal written all over it yeah. it really does it really does also i just want to do some sexy characters they're gonna fight some mummies that's all i really want you yeah. know give me brendan fraser yeah. you know <laughs> yeah pull on some heartstrings uh oh, mm-hmm. love it you know i love pulling on heartstrings love me a good romance so on a scale of one to ten curses how would you rank these mummies as part of the undead landscape in D fifth edition mummy starting off so i now find that they're probably more frightening than zombies at this point (laughs) like for thinking base zombie to like regular mummy like i am now more afraid of mummies than i am zombies and i don't remember what i rated zombies but i'd rate them one above that i think i rated regular zombies like a six or a seven so i would give these a six or a seven but i can't remember what i rated them either you rated zombies real low (laughs) you rated them yeah you're like a four you're like fuck these guys yeah you're like i'm not scared of these at all Okay, so it tracks from the get-go. I was like, mummies, mummies, fuck. <laughs> we don't mummies. We don't fucks with mummies. <laughs> we don't fucks with mummies. But also, I still don't want to get bit. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Bit is like the immediate danger, and the touch is like they just touch you, and then you rot later on. So that's that's future Pep's problem, you know? <laughs> right. A zombie bite is right now Pep's problem. <laughs> This is a today problem. This is a yeah. seven week from now problem. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'd rate, I really like the mummies. I'd rate them pretty high, like probably a seven or so. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Great. Okay. Mummy Lord. Oof. Mummy Lords? Goddamn. Like, I, I, I mm, nine or 10, yeah. man. Yeah. Mum, like, right 10. up there for me. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Up yeah. there with liches. I think this screams liches with extra. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah, and as if, like, at the time of the lich talk, it was like, I don't know what can beat this. This is mm-hmm. this is pretty awful. Here we are. Here, Here we, we are, are today. 
definitely nine or ten. Yeah. Yeah, we're all agreed. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, lesser Mummy Lord and then Centaur Mummy is right after that too. Okay. Think of those two. So Mummy Lord, like Lesser Mummy Lord, I'm not, I like, I am, but it's, I feel like it's a very specific one that I'm not going to come across that often. It's a uh-huh. very specific point in its production, I guess, that you would find one. So I would say, uh, but I'm afraid of them because they are immune to fire. So I would say like yeah. maybe, I'm going to say an S7 or an 8 you know, like still above a regular mummy, but still not a mummy Lord, right? Without Mm -hmm. those layer actions and all those pieces to it, I'm not as frightened to come across one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go with like an eight. If a mummy's a seven, a mummy Lord's a nine, eight. There you go. Yeah. It's where you could, like, if, if your party no longer gets scared of just general mummies and it's like, oh, let's just fireball them or light a torch. We're done here. Throw that in. Sure. You're going to, you're going to shock them and make them rethink their life for that session. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, that's about the only thing that they have going for them. So that's it. That's all they got. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and one gem eye. And one gem eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, seven. I'll say yeah. seven. Yeah. Centaur mummies, Centaur though. Mummy. Uh, I'll probably. <sighs> if they ran faster. <laughs> <laughs> I would give them a, a solid like seven or eight up up with lesser mummies, I think. Mm-hmm. But because they run regular speed, they're just a regular mummy to me in my mind. So <laughs> would, they're, they're a regular mummy with a weapon. You know what I yeah. mean? So I'm going to go with probably, I would put Which them Which I think a regular mummy could probably have a weapon. Like there's nothing saying that. Exactly. Could, so you like, know. this bitch has four legs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you're going to use them as much. So I'd probably do like a six. Like they're still, you know, scary, but I think you're going to use a regular mummy a lot more than you're going to use a centaur mummy. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I would rate them. I'd rate them average, like just a smidge below mummy because Mm -hmm. a single mummy maybe isn't that bad, but a whole tomb of mummies is going to really, really fuck everything up. So yeah, that's where I stand. Love that. Amazing. All right, well, now it's time to close the crypt on this part of our conversation on Undead in D&D 5th edition. Stay tuned next month when we rise up to haunt you again with even more terrors from Bond the Grave. Whites. Thanks for listening to this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash It's a Mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. amazing perfect this came at a really good time for me because i've been playing diablo 2 again and i (gasps) just spent like all of yesterday in act 2 which is very like mummy (laughs) desert undead yeah very much so very cute that's what i did for most of yesterday so (laughs) i was like on theme
I like how the previous zombie one was on theme for you as well because yeah, you're like playing is. in a campaign and that's then this just, one's on theme. That's I how I it. do my life on theme. I'm always on theme. <laughs> always on brand, bitches and hoes. <laughs> start, start getting a little more professional here, you know? <laughs> that was oh, our warm up. That was our, that was our cool. Yeah, uh, no one gets privy into our water woes of mm-hmm. building life. It's also good that we had that conversation because I talked at all like my weird groggy morning voice. So <laughs> yeah, I needed that too. <laughs> we got to get our professional podcasty voices on now. I don't think I have a like professional podcasty voice. <laughs> like I just yell slightly louder than I do on a regular <laughs> basis. And that's about as far as it goes. <laughs> <laughs> I also realized that when I do these online ones, like with you folks, I'm louder because I'm wearing my headset when I do it. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. you can hear what I'm saying. I will not be nearly as loud as I actually am. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the audience loves it. Uh All right. So first thing. (laughs) Nice. All that sand got in your throat. Yeah. Um, the whirlwind of sand. <laughs> that was my morning coffee phlegm. God, we're done. <laughs> we're ready for the day. Right. <laughs> burp, burp. There we go.